Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin, and I'm here with another uh boy, this this review is a big one for me because this album has been such a, a heavy influence on me. It's been in my rotation as far back as I can remember. I don't know when I actually first heard it, but oddly enough, this album reminds me of Christmas time. I know that's when I really got into it. Um, it might have been that that's around the time I was first exposed to it. I'm not sure, but I certainly, um, you know, there's certain songs on here that just immediately trigger the memories of Christmas and what the house looked like and the the cookies baking and all that good stuff. Um, but this is the second album from Rainbow, and this is called Rising. This is a mostly new lineup from the previous album, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. He kind of sacked everyone from Elf except for Ronnie, and they started over. So a quick rundown of the lineup on vocals. Of course, we have Ronnie James Dio on guitar, Richie Blackmore on keyboards. We have Tony Carey on bass, Jimmy Bain, and on drums, introducing Cozy Powell. So uh, Cozy would stay with the band for a couple of albums. Um, <laughs> no one else would except for Ronnie. So uh, here we go again. It's uh, the the uh, perpetual merry-go-round of, of Rainbow Band members. But this is a great lineup. Um, I think that this album is absolutely fantastic. It's one of my favorites. It's it's an album I've listened to so many times. I honestly feel like I know every note backward and forward, even though I absolutely do not. Um, but it's it. There's just so much to it. There's so many layers. It's such a huge sounding album. Um, I thought that, and, and I think I mentioned this on my review of Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. That overall. The album had a thin sound to it. It wasn't very uh, rich and full. I mean, I really liked the writing and I liked the performances, but from the overall sound, um, it was a very thin sounding album. Um, very much like Stormbringer, incidentally, which I know that Richie didn't like. But uh, getting into this album, this album is just huge. There are so many layers. It sounds immense, huge departure. It's it's almost like going uh, backwards from Stormbringer to Burn, uh, whereas Burn just sounded like a, a huge, rich and lush album. Uh, so does this one. And it's really just uh, packed with so many amazing things. Um, I, I say that we just jump right into it. But, but before we do, uh, I always say that and then I always find some reason not to. Um, I want to mention that there are two versions of this album out there that I can find. There is the standard uh, studio issue or remastered version. Uh, either one, you know, you can go with. There is a deluxe issue of this that you can find on iTunes. I did put that link in the show notes. However, um, personally, I found it a little bit disappointing. There's a bunch of tracks on it, but they're mostly just different mixes of the final song. Um, I, the ones that I sampled, I heard vocals on everything. So unlike the down to earth, uh, deluxe edition, there are some instrumentals and stuff here. There's really only one bonus track that, uh, seems to be worthwhile to me. And that would be the rehearsal version of Stargazer, because that is a completely different performance. Whereas all the other ones are the LA mix, the New York mix, you know, whatever it is, but, uh, it's all the, you know, just the final material. So there's nothing really of bonus there, unless you're really wanting to hear some different EQs and different mixes of the, of the final songs. Um, but apart from that, uh, the Stormbringer or Stormbringer, the Stargazer version, uh, is of interest and you can buy that as an individual track as well as buy the album on iTunes. It's $1.29 or I think it was $15 for the whole thing. So whatever you fancy, it is available for you there. 
uh, I do recommend at least listening to the version of Stargazer because it's pretty interesting. Um, apart from that, though, the first uh, song on here is called Tarot Woman. It starts with a really cool uh, keyboard intro, a uh, very long one. So I'm going to skip into that and just really kind of get into where the song starts. So uh, when you hear the studio album, if you've not already heard this, um, I can't I can't imagine most people haven't. But if you haven't already heard it, um, it'll be out of context because I'm starting a little bit further into the song. Here is Tara Woman off of Rainbow Rising. This is such a great album opening track. Um, it's, it does have a very long lead in. I mean, the keyboard solo is well over a minute. But once it gets into the song, it is such a killer album opener. It just says, hey, this is going to be a kick-ass album. We're showing up and delivering. And I really like that. Um, I love that little galloping guitar uh, leading into the um, the song actually kicking in. That's pretty cool. Uh, great vocal from Ronnie. And uh, really powerful uh, introduction to Cozy Powell to the band, I have to say, too. Uh, I think Jimmy Bain was a great bass player. Uh, he really has some good chops that he shows on this album. Um, Tony Carey had a great intro here. I don't mean to belittle it by not playing it. Um, just, you know, for the purpose of only playing a minute or so uh, clip of a song for it to all be a keyboard intro, that's really kind of separate from the song, doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I wanted you to kind of hear a little bit of what the actual song's like. But this has just got such a, a driving beat to it. You know, it's kind of relentless. But Cozy is a drummer who is very, um, very versatile on this album. Some of the other stuff he did with Rainbow, he was a little more straightforward. But this one, I, I feel like he was really just excited to be a part of the band, excited to be playing these songs. And you can really hear it in his drumming, whereas like an album like Down to Earth, he's very much laid back. It's a more poppy album, so he plays more straightforward. This he's kind of cozy unleashed. And um, you know, as as the album progresses, you'll hear that more and more. But even on this one, he's showing signs that he's he's got his own style, he's got his chops, and he's not afraid to show them at all. Uh, but this is a very powerful song, and and right away, um, I have to say it just brings me back to those memories of sitting in my room with uh with just Christmas lights on. And I think at the time. I'm thinking I just had like a red strand of Christmas lights on the wall behind my bed. So I used to go and just, you know, uh, stretch out the headphone cord as long as it would go. And I would just sit on the floor and do my stretching exercises under the the red lights and just listen to this album. Um, Absolutely powerful song and a, a great way to start off what turns out to be an incredibly powerful album. And so uh, it slows down a little bit with the next song, but it keeps with the theme, the sort of mystical theme that they are going with uh, for part of the album anyway. Uh, This one is uh, a song that I just absolutely love. It's called Run With The Wolf. 
know, I love the mix on this album. You can really hear everything. You can hear and feel the real low end of the bass. You can feel the kick drum. You can hear the crash cymbals, the snares cutting through, uh, guitars, organs, everything. It's just a great mix album. But of course, you know, it was Martin Birch. So no shock there whatsoever. Uh, I don't think he was the wasp on this one, if I remember right. I think he was just Martin Birch. Um, but uh, a very, very fantastic mix. Absolutely. But this album, um, you know, there's so many layers to it. And when you hear a song like this, there's those little parts that come back where they're like, okay, here's our reset part that da 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 da. And then they go into the next thing again. I love when songs have those. It's, It's just a great point to where you can really go out, you can branch out into so many different things. And then you all come together with this one connection point that will lead you right back into wherever they want you to go in the song. I think those are are crucial for songs like this. But it's a great song. It's a great vocal. Um, Don't run with a wolf, though. I, I don't recommend it probably run from them at best if you think you have a chance, which you probably don't because they're pretty fast. But um, yeah, it's just the the way that it goes into the chorus and uh, it just kind of like feels like it drops down. It's a very dark, moody song, but it just has such a great feel to it. This is one that I've just always loved and um, was my favorite song in the album for a long time when I still had to pick favorites or had to pick this over that. These days, I'm just like, you know what? I just love this song. And that's all that really matters. So we're going to depart a little bit from the mystical world, which um, is kind of weird uh, for the the lyrics for these next two songs. Um, This next one is called Starstruck, and it's actually uh, about a woman who really in real life did stalk Richie Blackmore. Kind of weird. It's a good song. I, I really like it. I kind of wish that they would have kept with the mystical theme for the whole album. But I mean, six out of the what um, four out of the six songs are anyway, which is, is good. And since two of them take up the entire second side of the album, um, I guess the majority of it is is in the mystical world. But it, it's a good song. Um, I really like how Richie plays during the first half of the verse on it, just throwing in those da-da-da, da-da-da, you know, really adding some color to it, a nice layer. Um, he seems really into this one. My brother and I used to play this one quite a bit, actually, and, and it was a lot of fun to play as a drummer. I have to say, I don't know. I, I've never played it on any other instrument, but as a drummer, I can say it's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it's another good song. It's it's a great, passionate vocal from Ronnie. I love how he sings the song like this happened to him. You know, I really feel like he's telling his story, which is great. Um 
Good, powerful drums by Cozy. Again, a great performance from Tony Carey and Jimmy Bain. Um, just, just great stuff all around. And um, the next song up is another one that's a little bit uh, off the path of the mysticism. This one is called Do You Close Your Eyes? Got Cozy riding the crash cymbal there, really widening the sound a little bit. Uh, another really good song. Um, it's just, it's kind of a weird subject matter for this album. It's kind of the only song that really relates to um, sex, whereas everything else kind of doesn't. Um, I think this song might have fit maybe a little bit better on Down to Earth, where there was themes of love a little bit more and Maybe do something more mystical for this one. But, you know, uh, it was a long time ago. It's not going to change. So, um, but it's a good song. I, I do like it. Um, I think that there's some really powerful drums in here. Um, again, another passionate vocal from Ronnie. He doesn't know how to sing any other way. Um, great performance from Richie and and the guys. It's um, just another solid song. You know, one that I've listened to many, many times. Um, but it's one that I, I do tend to skip at times. Like I, I don't always listen to this one when I'm listening to the album. Sometimes I just kind of want to hurry up and get to Stargazer, uh, which is our next song. Um, now Stargazer is, is a pretty epic song. It's eight and a half minutes and it is just a crazy journey for the longest time. I thought it was about the tower of Babel, but it really isn't. It's just about a wizard who wants to fly and he gets all these people together and kind of forces them to build a tower so he can do it. And then just dies. <laughs> no one said he was a good wizard. So that's how that goes. Um, but this song, I mean, it's it's one that has been listed in many, many places as the greatest song Rainbow ever did. I, you know, I, I ask me now and ask me five minutes from now and ask me 10 minutes from now what my favorite Rainbow song is, and I'll probably have three different answers for you. So I always think that polls like that are, are quite silly. I, I go back to you either like something or you don't. It doesn't have to be a competition. You know, uh, if you like a song, you're going to listen to it. If you don't like a song, you're not going to listen to it. If you like a song more than another song, you're going to listen to that one more. So this whole thing, as I've said many, many times, is just ridiculous competition because the only thing that you're really competing for is what am I doing with my time right now? You know, am I listening to this song or that song right now? That's where we're competing for that time slot. Um, nowhere else. But Stargazer is, a, it really is an epic song. I mean, bringing in the orchestra with it, um, just the way that it, it layers and constantly builds the intensity of the song as the story builds, Ronnie's vocal, the drums, everything. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Um, I'll have to see if I can find the link to it and remember to put it in the show notes. But there is a video of Cozy actually teaching kids how to play the drum opening to Stargazer. And he walks them through it, you know, a little piece at a time and then sits down with them as as they play it. It's a really cool thing, especially thinking, you know, how untouchable band members were. Like you could not get near these people back in the day. So Cozy was very interactive. I mean, he he was on a couple of uh, like children's programs. He did this. He did the Guinness Book of World Records for hitting the most drums in one minute. He was very active uh, as a musician, not just on stage and in the studio. He was he was very publicly interactive, uh, which I thought was great. So uh, I'll have to find that link and put it in the show notes because it's really super cool. Um, but anyway, here is some of Stargazer. I don't know what you can say about this song that hasn't already been said. Uh, personally, I, I think that it's a fantastic vocal from Ronnie, especially as you get into the end of the song where he just kind of goes off and and riffs on the, the situation going on. Um, it just so flawless, so passionate. And uh, the, the instrumental section is fantastic. I love Richie's guitar solo on this. The the choir sound, the the, you know, the string section Everything is just huge in this song and the build just builds and builds and builds even as it goes on at the end. Uh, Just amazing. The simplicity of it, though, is what really gets me. It's a simple riff. It's not anything overcomplicated. Um, It does have complicated parts that it goes to, but the riff itself is actually very simple. Uh, Richie, I remember him saying in an interview that he wrote it on a cello, which I was very surprised by. I wouldn't have thought of that. I didn't even know he played cello, so uh, that was a a bit of, of news to me. But it's it's a very simple riff and it just the way that it's layered the way that it's building it sounds so much more intense than it does but it's also it doesn't stop it's not like na 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 it's like da 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 there's no space in there unlike um you know a riff like uh speed king which is very choppy da 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 has those spaces in between this is a just as simple of a riff but it fills in those gaps. It just keeps the audio going. And, um, but, but it's still a, a very simple thing. And then they just build on it from there. 
Um, I love the way that the band backs Richie during the solo too. I mean, it just, the song does not sound any less huge during the solo. It, it just grows and grows. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's just relentless, this song. Um, I could imagine live it being very difficult to play just because of the energy. And I know that they tried to follow it up with the light in the black and cozy was just like, no, that's, that's too much physically to do. Um, so they stopped that, but, uh, there's a lot of great live versions of, of stargazer out there. And I've heard a couple versions of the light in the black too, which were very good. Um, but I could see that, I mean, as a drummer myself, that would be, I mean, it would be enough to do it once, but to do it night after night, especially I would imagine towards the end of a concert would be, you know, cozy was not a guy that played lightly, you know, he, he put himself into every song. So he's, he's full on energy. And then doing the drum solo with the 1812 overture and everything. Um, I can't imagine just saying, oh, okay, well, let's do Stargazer and Lighten the Black now because I've got that much energy left. <laughs> you know, as, as great as he was, that's that's a lot to ask of anybody. Uh, but yeah, Stargazer, a classic, classic rainbow song. Um, definitely a favorite of a lot of people. And, you know, it's a great song to learn from. It really is because you can you can pick it apart. You can hear all these different things in it and learn how to structure and layer a song to make it as big as a song can be. I, I don't think that adding anything else, it, it, and maybe it's because I know the song so well, but I, I can't imagine adding anything else would have been a benefit. You know, I think that this song is as thick and huge as it can possibly be without starting to borderline on too much. Um, you know, you start adding too much, then you lose something else. And I think that they push the limit as far as it can be and still sound incredible. Um, you know, I, I don't know why I was thinking about this earlier today, but I would love to hear Metallica redo this song. Now, they did a version of When a Blind Man Cries. I know they were a big fan of, of Purple, and I'm sure they were a big fan of Rainbow. Um, but I would love to hear what they would do with a song like Stargazer. Their intensity comes from just heaviness and speed, right? So I would really be curious to see what they would do with a song that has this kind of just full sound, what they would do to recreate that in their own style. I think that could be very interesting. I, I'm sure it'll never happen, but um, just thinking in terms of, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of covers. Uh, it's just in general, not something I care for, but uh, I would be curious to hear that. I think it could be very interesting. So it's it's really fun to me going through these songs again, and I'm doing this in the middle of June. Uh, for some reason, it's not a particularly hot day here in Vegas. It's usually, you know, 110 or so this time of year. But um, for some reason, it actually feels almost like October outside today. I know that they're starting to get monsoons in Phoenix, so maybe that has a little something to do with it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's nice and cool here. So it's it's kind of fun for me to be doing this album tonight. And, uh, you know, getting those Christmas feelings, smelling the, you know, the sweet sugar cookies and the chocolate chip cookies that we would bake and decorating ornaments and all that. So it's it's funny how music really can just take you back to those moments in time. I, I love that. I find movies can do that, too, sometimes. But um, music is really the thing that I spend most of my time with. And um, even with my own music, I find that that's the case. It, it certainly takes me back to the time when I was writing it or when I revisited it for some reason. So let's hit that last song. Here is A Light in the Black.
So basically, the wizard falls and dies, and they're like, um, crap, now what do we do? But what would you have done if he flew? Like, how? what were you supposed to do after that? So you build this tower for him, he flies, and pretty much probably is going to forget about you either way. So you're just kind of stuck on your own. So now the whole thing is, well, shit, now what do we do? Um, pretty intense song, though. Um, it really kicks up musically too i think right when it goes into the the keyboard solo there's a great part with the keyboard and guitar after that I and mean, it is just such a tightly played and powerful song um i could definitely see why there would be issues playing it on stage after stargazer um just because of the the sheer intensity and energy it takes to, i mean it's almost exhausting just listening to it as a musician you know i don't know what it's like for for non-musician people but i would have to think that the you know you would just feel the energy as well. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty intense song, um, but it fits the album well. It's a great ending to the album. It just makes you want to turn around and start the whole thing right over again. Only being six songs on this album, it, you know, you could look at it and think, wow, I'm really not getting much for my money. But when you look at the fact that, you know, two songs are the entire second side, four songs are the first side, which is about an average four or five songs on a first side. Um, you know, and these two songs are just epic lengthy uh, like I said, um, Stargazer is eight and a half minutes. This one's eight twelve. So, you know, you're getting plenty on the second side. You're getting a full album. Uh, it just doesn't look like it based on the number of songs. And that, unfortunately, is sometimes the perception. Um, but killer album. I mean, it's it's not surprising why this is ranked so high by fans and, and by just people in history saying that this is one of the greatest albums ever written and recorded. I would highly agree with that. Um, it's one that I've listened to more times than I can imagine. Um, not just at Christmas time, but I, I tend to listen to it more around the holidays. But um, if I want that holiday feeling, I can listen to this in June and and feel like, you know, I'm right back there about to, you know, go Christmas shopping or something for some presents. So it's uh, it's great for me on multiple levels. And I hope that you guys like the album. If you're not already familiar with it, um, go check it out. It's It's really worth it. I would say one of the best of all time. Thank you guys for joining me. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.